How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's a Miller Lite Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. All right, so the Immaculate Reception was 50 years ago today. Pour one out for Franco Harris. They, I'm th- that's going to be quite the scene this weekend in Pittsburgh. Steelers and Raiders, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. It was supposed to be the night where Franco Harris was honored anyways with getting his number retired, ring of honor, whatever it is they do in Pittsburgh. He was going to get honored tomorrow night, and he passed away earlier this week. So yesterday we did the most iconic plays in NFL history, which of course culminated with the Immaculate Reception at number one. And uh, as we like to do on this station, let's take it local and localize it a little bit. Seth, I came up with the, the the six most iconic plays, totally scientific, absolutely 100% accurate, no debate, yeah. I'm sure, on the text page um, as to the six most iconic. So, Chris, cue up the little football music underneath there. Let's, uh, let's get a little mood music going for this thing. Um, and let's start. I've got six of them here. So let's start with number six. We had to get him a we had to get a play in here from DeAndre Hopkins because he's one of the five best players in franchise history. We had to get a play in here against the Dallas Cowboys. Spoiler alert, they'll show up later too in this list. Um, but we squeezed D Hop in at number six with this 2018 play in overtime against the Dallas Cowboys. Second and nine for the Houston 24. Watson in the gun. Two receivers left. Hopkins to the right side. QT in motion to the right. Watson. Fakes the pass to QT. Now throws it downfield to his left. Has Hopkins across the 45, 50, 45 of Dallas. Spin move, 40, 35. DeAndre Hopkins inside the 30, down to the 27-yard line. What a catch and run by Nuke. Great call, as always, by Mark Vandermeer right there. That set up the game-winning field goal against the Cowboys in 2018. People may not remember, that was week five of a season that the Texans started out 0-3. So that was a huge, huge win, regardless of the opponent. Just the math of early in the season of teams starting one and four, and what their chances are of getting to the postseason. But the fact that it was uh, Watson to Hopkins against the Cowboys made it even better. You know what? I'm uh, the one of the things. One of the best things about that play was whoever did that that gif of DeAndre Hopkins like spinning off through various places, like in and, the world uh, into outer space and I think it was in front of a bullet's point and I can't find it right now I started looking for it during the break it's annoying me um somebody oh the the YouTube account associated with it has been has been terminated mm, okay so that was uh that's another thing we talked yesterday about how names like the Immaculate Conception or the Rosencopter perhaps Two equally great moments in football history yes the, the name really makes it stick because it's easy to talk about I don't. This one didn't even need need a name as much as just the DeAndre Hopkins spin play. Yeah, I just call it, I call it the double spinner Rooney. That's what I've always called it. It hasn't stuck, yeah. unfortunately. I, I don't have that kind of sway, but that's what I've that's what I've called it. Um, so that was number six. Number five. We and and I know Deshaun Watson is not a popular player here in town, but the fact of the matter is, if we 
if we lengthened this list to 10 or 15, Watson would show up about a third of the time. Like he, as bad as it was at the end, he has a lot of iconic plays. So brace yourself for two of them back to back at five and four. Um, Deshaun Watson, week eight of the 2019 season against the then Oakland Raiders. This was the game winning touchdown. And you're not going to hear it in the play by play, but just know that he gets kicked in the face in the middle of this play. Yeah. Watson, shotgun, Hopkins short side, left two receivers to the wide side, right one back, Duke Johnson. First and goal at the nine, Deshaun calls for the ball, here's the snap, Watson looking, pocket collapsing, Watson trying to get away, he does to the right, throws to the end zone, caught by Fels! Magical! Touchdown, Houston, and the Texans take the lead! Wound up being the game-winning touchdown, and yeah, Deshaun was getting spun around by a Raiders defender in the pocket, and the the player who was dragging him down fell to the ground. And as he was, it was Arden Key, I think. His toe came up and hit Watson right in the eye, and Deshaun adjusted his helmet and rubbed his eye while he was rolling to his right to hit Fells with the winning touchdown. That was crazy. Yeah. The, uh, my retroactive take on that was that he didn't need to waste uh, the time and energy of, of rubbing his eye. That's the uh, yeah, that's now that I, now that he's not a Texan. I was going to say, if he uh, were still that, here, you yeah. wouldn't be saying this. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, that uh, it was uh, it was a little too much. No, he he did put his hand to his eye. I remember the time he said it was to be sure his eye was still there. Yeah. <laughs> like he kind of instinctively think, man, did I lose my eye with that? Right. And he, and he didn't. Yeah. So no, I'm yeah, I would have I would have thrown the football down and gotten on my knees like looking for my eyeball. It, it was uh it was a it was a pretty remarkable play. And he, and he was down for a while after that too. Like if you played that whole highlight out, it, it's it's <laughs> the rest of that highlight is is Mark being super concerned that Watson is face down on the uh on the ground. Um next one is also a Deshaun Watson play. Also a very violent uh element to this. This was the playoff game. Uh, the last time the Texans won a playoff game against the Buffalo Bills, January of 2020, it was the 2019 playoffs, and this was a play that, a lot like the Hopkins play two plays ago, set up the game-winning field goal in overtime. Second and six at the Bills, 44. Here's the snap. Here's a blitz. Watson in trouble. Watson escapes to the right side, and Watson throws it to Jones. Cutting inside 40, 35, 30, the 25, 20, 15, and down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, that's the pinball play. Yes, that's what we call that one. Yep. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah, it was a, a car crash in the pocket there, and Watson. I mean, just a great player. Um, you know, it's, he's still <laughs> he's still in first gear in Cleveland right now. Uh, Darren Ravel, our friend friend of the show, tweeted out. Um, not to get too far on a sidebar about Deshaun, tweeted out last night a screen grab of um, secondary market tickets for the Browns game this weekend against the Saints. Tickets can be had in the upper deck in Cleveland for $5 for that game. Now, $5. some of that may have to do with, I'm guessing Cleveland is getting destroyed by cold weather like everybody is right now. Yeah, but they're used to it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Five bucks. No, but it's pretty bad. I know Buffalo, like Buffalo left early uh, for their game just to, to get away from it because uh, so people from Florida decided to criticize Buffalo when Buffalo had to go to Detroit to play that game, saying this all because remember they kind of had to. It was dicey for them to even get out in time, and they acted like uh, preparing for a storm that pops up out of nowhere is the same as preparing for a hurricane that you watch for three weeks beforehand. Yeah. Um, so so Buffalo though got a, they they were way ahead of the curve on this one this time. They left a week early. All those like Midwestern is Midwestern air travel just screwed right now already a little is bit it, or is it on its way to it? I think I've, I've been seeing some reports about some cancellations like Midwest Denver has been bad too. Um, and Denver, yeah. you know, Denver is kind of a, a hub for air travel given its location. So um, so that was Deshaun Watson against Buffalo. We are now through the Deshaun Watson portion of the most iconic plays in Texans history. And we're, we're down to the top three. And these are all iconic plays. These are these are great ones. We had to get Andre Johnson in here. Possibly the greatest player. It's him and J.J. Watt for greatest player in the history of the franchise. I actually consulted with Mark Vandermeer on this one when we were texting about this yesterday. I said, what is – I had a few examples. I said, what is the most iconic Andre Johnson play? And, and Mark said, it seemed without question, fourth and ten, week two, late in the game 
against the then Washington Redskins on the road, fourth and ten, and Matt Schaub threw it up to the goat. It's fourth and ten at the Redskins 34-yard line. Splitbacks, Schaub in the gun. Matt gets the snap. There's pressure. Matt steps to his right. Matt trying to step up. Matt heaves it toward the end zone. Wants Andre Johnson. He makes the catch for a Texans touchdown. Andre Johnson plucks it out of the air. And the Texans will tie this game. Poetic justice, baby. (laughs) Okay, we had to play that part. (laughs) Poetic justice. Um, The most iconic thing about that play might be the, the picture that came after it. There's a great picture of Andre spiking the ball. And the defensive back for the Redskins just sprawled out on the ground like like he'd been shot by a sniper or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And that one, um, basically, Andre read the coverage perfectly on that too. Um, and you know, because obviously Washington had accounted for Andre, um, but he just like he adjusted his route and went vertical, and it was a great connection by them. There's an article on HoustonTexans.com that I'm guessing is by. Um, by Vandermeer, but there's no Vandermeer. They're not giving you credit from this 2000 art, 2017 article about Andre Johnson's greatest catch. Mm. So it's either John Harris or Mark Vandermeer. Okay. I can't tell by the. They don't have the, the author on there, huh? Okay. Yeah. Come on, HoustonTexans.com. Get it in gear, man. Yeah. Get you people- guys had you had for, you had Easterby's bogus resume up there for a year before <laughs> that true. was corrected. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> he was the assistant general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. People in Jackson were like, who? We don't know who what? he was. Yeah. <laughs> who the hell is this? We don't know who he was. What am I? Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so that's play number three. We're going through the six most iconic Texan plays in honor of the immaculate reception by Franco Harris. Number two, number two, first game in franchise history, a game that Seth Payne played in. This was the first ever touchdown for the Houston Texans, and it, like DeAndre Hopkins' catch earlier, came against the hated Dallas Cowboys. Here's Carr calling signals. Takes the snap. Stands tall. Throws. Short left. Caught by Miller. Takes it over the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Houston. David Carr to Billy Miller. The first touchdown in Texans history. (laughs) You have a look. Yes, Vandermeer. Yeah. Yeah. You had a look on your face. Like. Yeah, oh, he. Um, I think Vandermeer. It sounds like he was like uh, his voice sounds better now. He sounds like he was trying to sound like an older guy he, there because Vandermeer was pretty young uh, when he got that job. He yeah. went and he went for that job. Like he flew here on his own dime a second time to you know it, like he it's really he went after it. So he was a young, ambitious dude, and it sounded like he was trying to sound like mature announcer guy, where now he just sounds like Mark Vandermeer. It did. He sounded like he was calling a highlight from the 60s. Bart Starr's mm-hmm. lined up on a center. He's back to pass. It's really cold outside today here in Green Bay. Um, but, yeah, no, he's, and he sounded great back then. Like that, I mean, that was an awesome, awesome moment. In fact, that, that, that moment, we, it deserves, there's an honorable mention from that game that deserves to be thrown into the mix as well. Offset eye formation. Carter gets the snap. He's back in the end zone. He's in trouble. He's sacked for a safety. It's a deuce for the Texans. Seth Payne. Seth Payne and Gary Walker. Dropping a deuce. Seth Payne. Dropping a deuce in the end zone. Dropping a deuce on Quincy Carter. (laughs) You know, Billy Miller uh, on that play, it really was a pretty spectacular effort. That That was a game that honestly was all about the Cowboys being so fat and pathetic and unprepared for that game and just completely taking us lightly. Capers did a masterful job of when we scrimmaged the Cowboys, he he just basically um, – he basically – he didn't play the starters all that much and, and he kind of let the Cowboys think that we were worse than we were. The defense, because on defense we had a lot of veterans, so he kind of he he didn't give them much exposure to the defensive starters and the veteran players. And we got into that game, and I would say like midway through the second quarter, you could see the, the stupid offensive linemen's eyeballs glaze over, and just kind of they just weren't there for it. They weren't ready for it. So um, it was like a super motivated young squad, six rookies starting on offense. And like got Billy Miller, just a scrappy dude trying to make it in the league. And that that play itself was just exactly that. He he lunges, he he goes like five total yards from the time he launches off. Yep. 
He was like uh, he was like Michael Jordan, just several inches off the ground. But horizontal. He was, of, a, yeah. he was a horizontal, yeah, he was a horizontal, horizontal Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Look at my horizontal well, no, yeah. leap. Well, well, no, you know how Jordan would like jump, but then like glide horizontally. Yeah. You know? Like he would yeah. get ten feet up and then glide horizontally yes. for another five feet. Billy just did it six inches off. He the did ground. it lower. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was just flying under the radar. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that was play number two with an honorable mention for uh, for Seth Payne with the safety to you clinch the, the deal. <laughs> You know where uh you know you know what one of the one of the like classic NFL moments I had with Billy Miller that I loved was I uh, was we were sitting in the training room talking about the Alan Jackson song where I come from uh and it was kind of it was like one of those moments where you know like people grow up in different places different cultures and everything cuz in the song was playing for some reason and he's like yeah I was listening to this the other day and he's talking about cornbread and chicken yeah. and I'm like oh Wait a second! Like that's all. That's like oh, with that's just that could have been that could have been me singing about that song or Alan Jackson singing about that. Like oh, they're sitting there. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, stop it, Sean! Uh, no, don't get all nervous. He was like, no, I'm not nervous. It was a staple of his growing. No, no. of him growing up. I'm not nervous. Yeah. It just doesn't it's sound a- like Billy Miller was the brightest light on the Christmas tree. Is all. That's. That- Oh God, no, 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 oh. no, no! Like if you grow up and like you don't have, there's a lot of things like with black and white cultures where sometimes they think that it's uniquely their own culture, yeah, or that like, and then they realize like, oh, other people enjoy the same things I do, oh, and like, okay. oh crap, okay, it's kind of like uh, I, I, Tom I, Hanks in that SNL skit. I got you. when he realizes that like, yeah, it's, I thought uh, he was yeah. just discovering what the song was about. Like, I'm like, okay. no, 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 you. no. He's saying like, oh look, the rednecks they're singing about the same stuff that I like myself. I got and, uh, like it's like, oh, okay. I got you. Like, I, you're a country living in, yeah. I yeah. apologize. I, I honestly, I get. You're dis- giving me a look like I was dropping some kind of. No, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I, I don't know what it is about my looks today with you. Like I, I, I was agitated in the six o'clock hour, and now I'm giving you a death stare. Apparently, in the seven o'clock. Yeah. Hour. Wait till the eight o'clock hour. Wait, what do you no, say? You're giving a mortified look. Yeah. Was, uh, oh, was I? Okay. Yeah. No, I, you know what it was. That song makes me hungry, because of the cornbread uh, and chicken. Okay. Like that's what I was gonna yeah. say. Like that song. Makes me, I, when I hear that song, I want freaking cornbread and chicken. Um, all right, last one. Number one play in I Texas. Think what, I think what he was saying was like that song would like describes an image. Like in that, I, I think what he was saying is like that song describes an image that like could have been describing an image of, from his childhood growing up. Gotcha. Like, so it was this kind of, it was like a, like a cross-cultural uh, coming together just through song of him just being like, oh, Alan Jackson's basically singing about like what it was like at one of my family gatherings right. or something in the summer growing up. You yeah. felt more connected to Alan Jackson in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number one play in Texans history, and I think this one, we're getting, we're getting texts about this saying, hey, when are we going to get to it? You're going to get to it now. The J.J. Watt pick six in the playoff game. Dalton gets the snap, throws it, it's intercepted, Watt takes it across the 15, 10, 5, rock and roll, touchdown Texans, pick 6, just like that, the Texans take the lead, and Reliance Stadium has erupted. Yeah, those were good times, man, those were good times, 2011, crowd off the chain, 2002, I mean, you played in that stadium set. That crowd looked like it was bananas that night of that Cowboys win, and it sounded like it on those highlights too. Got to get back to that, man. Those are good times. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time, man. That was JJ Watt one. When I was, I remember watching that. I was in my wife's hometown, like in some little bar, and it was freezing cold out, like it is in Houston, Texas, right now. And uh, and it was it was one of those things where we were the only ones that really were watching the TV in this bar for the Texans playoff game, and it got. Like, you could almost see the sound coming through the TV. Yeah. It was crazy. It was just like, maybe just from being in that stadium so much, I could just tell the way the crowd looks when it's really amped up. And it was just, it was nuts the way it looked. It It was was so loud. It was loud down the stretch that whole season because that was the season TJ Yates took over for Matt Schott. The loudest game that I've ever been to is the first TJ Yates start against Atlanta in 2011 in early December. That, That stadium was nuts it was crazy it was crazy uh hey join the drive with sterner and hughley thirsty texan for a miller light football friday this friday two to six you're out shopping you want to get out of the cold get to the thirsty texan hang out with the guys and get ready for saturday's christmas eve rematch with tennessee on a miller light football friday brooks cabina houston chronicle 
He is set to join us next. We'll get his thoughts on the, the game this weekend. I think the Texans have a great chance of pulling off the what, what the odds makers say would be a mild upset of the Tennessee Titans. We'll get thoughts from the Houston Chronicles. Brooks Cabina next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's a Miller Lite Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a football Friday. Good to be with you as always. Texans and Titans tomorrow noon kickoff here on Sports Radio 610. We get things started at 9 a.m. with Texans Countdown presented by Modelo. That is me and Seth. And uh, late in that program in the 11 o'clock hour, we talked to Brooks Cabina of the Houston Chronicle. We also talked to him on Fridays at this time, and he joins us on the hotline right now. Brooks, how are we doing this morning? Doing good, man. How are you? We're good. You staying warm? Where are you right now? Well, I'm with the family, and uh, you know, you get, you get the Christmas in a little bit before the weekend. That's the life of a sports writer. Y'all know the drill. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, were, there were times yeah. when uh, I covered LSU that uh, I actually had to have a Brooksmas which was like a week before whenever they had a, a bowl game right in the I middle like of that. the Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've had to make, make amends throughout uh, this career that I've chosen, but here we are. Yeah, and I guess um, I, I'm trying to figure out ways in which the Texans have an edge in this game, in which they're only, I mean, they're, this is the, the closest the point spread has been in a long time. Um, yeah. And I guess what uh, you go into a cold weather game where you're going to be facing a running back that has run for over 200 yards against you. Is it four times in a row? Four in a row, Sean. Yeah. Yep. Four, four in a row. Yeah. yeah, 200 plus yards four times in a row. I, it feels like that might be a little bit in, in Tennessee's favor that it might be five degrees at kickoff. Yeah, um, it's it's a game where that's where where you start to see a lot of teams run the ball. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see if this particular Lovey Smith defense uh, stops Derrick Henry because obviously they didn't have Malik Collins. Uh, you know, Christian Harris was in his first game as a starter at linebacker, and uh, Tavier Thomas wasn't playing. So that, that's three kind of crucial guys in what's their run-stopping front. So they have been... They have been not great against the run since, but they've definitely improved, and uh, they're they're going to have to do that. Uh, I mean, this is a this is a streak that dates back three head coaches, mm-hmm. three defensive play callers. It's not just been Lovey Smith and this defense when it comes to an All Pro like Derrick Henry, but it doesn't help. Um, and when you've had three head coaches in three years, it's not like 
Derrick Henry has been the one demolishing uh, the, the structure of this franchise, but it definitely highlights its problems. So if they go into this game and continue the streak that they're on, where they contend with the Cowboys and the Chiefs, and you know, honestly, in the way that they look at it, feel like they should have gotten away, should have gotten two wins there. Um, this is this is a game that's much more winnable. Um, you've got Malik Willis playing. Um, you've got kind of the wild card of the weather, which can work out in your favor too. Um, and we'll also see what part three in this two quarterback system, if they continue to use it at all, uh, if they if that ends up being something that catches the Titans off guard too. Brooks Cabina, Houston Chronicle, joining us for his his weekly visit. Um, you, you mentioned the defense, and look, the big difference with the defense the last two games and what's kept them in these games is turnovers. Seth's pointed this out yeah. multiple times over the last couple weeks that people that are marveling at the Texans' improved run defense, statistically, it's not really improved. They, they're they still getting run through for a, a buck 70 or a buck 80, which would be a massive improvement over the first yeah, game. 21% better. <laughs> yeah, against the <laughs> Titans. Yeah, exactly. It would be a massive improvement from week eight against the Titans. Um, but turnovers have been the key to hanging in these games with the Chiefs and the Cowboys the last couple weeks. It looks like it's going to be Malik Willis starting in this game. What are what will be the keys for them to do? You know, f- similarly win the turnover margin against the Titans this weekend. Well, we started to see there hasn't really been a yielding in sacks from this front in the last couple of weeks, but they've definitely started to get a little bit more pressure on guys. Um, I'm thinking back to the Cowboys game in crucial moments, Obo Okoronkwo, who's come along as a starting defensive end, um, you know, came up with a crucial hit on Dak Prescott that produced the interception that probably should have produced the win. Um, you've seen Jonathan Grenard get back in the mix. That was big for this defense last week. Um, you know, he, he was didn't really get into the rotation as a full-time rotational defensive end, but He'll be back there in the mix more after another week of practice. I mean, this is another quarterback who, who's got a little mobility to him, um, but that can also produce erraticism. A, a rookie who still is breaking himself into the league, and um, we, we've seen Jalen Petrie come back on uh, to make some plays. He's been around the ball a lot. Um, but again, that comes down to whether they can stop Derrick Henry because – that's 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 how you get someone into a situation where they're trying to find spots in the field and in favorable situations, which we've seen the Texans um, each week. That's the clinic when you look at the other defense to see how they get team quarterbacks in uncomfortable situations. Um, the Texans have done that sometimes at the beginning of the year. Think of Justin Fields in the Chicago game where they forced two interceptions. It's kind of the recipe here. Can can they make him uncomfortable? Can they get him um, uh, moving around and looking for guys that? Um, um, in 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 key situations where he feels like he has to make a play, um, I, I think I think you look at Malik Collins and the way he's playing on the inside too. Uh, that's a big factor. I mean, he he was he's just been throwing people around. Really, you start to see defensive tackles. Uh, I'm sure, um, uh, I don't know. Seth probably appreciates a little bit. Like you don't really see them all that often in terms of getting like you know a lot of focus. But I mean, he was throwing people down against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and yeah. we'll see if he. Yeah. See if he see if he's a factor in this game as much because I mean he wasn't playing against the Titans, but also the run issues persisted while he was in earlier in the season too. But we'll see if he's uh, in the mix to get pressure on Malik Willis too. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I, I was actually I know I was pleased that he didn't get flagged for any of those either. Like he was because he was yeah. literally throwing guys down the way it's frowned upon these days in the NFL. Um, I I'm going into this game. And Sean mentioned something earlier that the Jets will be watching this game, hoping that the Texans can take care of the Titans because there's a there's a depressingly mediocre race for the wild card spot in the AFC that includes the Dolphins who have lost three in a row, the Titans who have lost four straight, the Jets who have lost four in a row. I I can't just I can't figure out which of these teams I despise the most, and I I think it's probably going to be the Dolphins because of the boy wonder uh, the boy wonder tag that McDaniel's gotten uh, which which one of these teams should I hate the most uh, <laughs> I, 
I don't know, man. They're That's, all uh, they're all disappointing. All of us. <laughs> yeah. This AFC was supposed to be like this, this bulwark. This just uh, they were supposed to be an astoundingly good conference, and it looks like a, a bunch of these promising teams are mediocre. Well, you know, that's that's kind of the interesting thing here. I, I've, I've seen kind of the idea that since the NFL's playoff expansion has made it more interesting for the playoff race, but it's almost in some ways kind of like the ball game situation in college where it's like, okay, well, some of these teams just are losing, and, you know, you get to watch them play again. But I don't know. It's I, I kind of like the story of the Jets. I like the story of the Dolphins. I like – that the East is kind of up for grabs in some ways with these contentions. Um, but I, I, I think, I think uh, in some ways I like, uh, I, I just, I don't know if you, I, I don't have a, I don't really have a, a, a <laughs> I don't really have a team to hate for you. You don't have hate uh, in your heart. Right, like yeah, Seth know, Payne well, does. Yeah. Plus you're uh, a, was, you're an actual, you're an actual beat. You know, well, you're an actual journalist. You're not supposed to uh, hate well, teams necessarily, got, but just got, tell got, me got, who you do secretly hate. <laughs> <laughs> I think the two coaches in this situation, the, two, the Jets and the Dolphins. If you're looking for guys, just um, you know, on the on the on the track where the Texans are, um, I mean that that's the San Francisco pipeline. So if you're thinking of uh, po- possible coaches in the off season, you'd probably want both of them to succeed. If you're thinking about picking up a D'Amico Ryan's in the situation, so hmm. I don't that's know. You gotta point. you gotta you gotta start wondering yeah. about what this, the overall success, the long haul. You know, what, what, what do you? Yeah, that's where uh, you know with Salah. Salah's getting a lot of grief for not pulling Zach Wilson early enough last night, and I'm like, man, you guys are staring at the wrong dude. Salah didn't draft Zach yeah. Wilson. It, that's it, everything that Salah could do with this situation. He's done pretty well, but he's stuck with uh, some Canadian dude. Uh, Mike White, who's injured, and Zach Wilson, uh, who's too pretty for I probably even volleyball. So yeah, I don't know where uh, Salah's. The bloom is still on Salah's rose in oh, my yeah. mind. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the the, the Titans. Uh, the the correct answer is the Titans. It's always the Titans <laughs> or the Colts. The, those are the, that's the team you should despise. Yep. Well, there you go. You got your divisional teams. You're gonna have a lot of hate these next couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. I mean. Nothing like the holidays with a little bit of hate. Hell yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and then not to mention if the Cowboys end up losing to Gardner Minshew, uh, that would just that would ruin Christmas up in Dallas. <laughs> oh, that would yeah. be the best thing ever. That would be. Micah tasty. Parsons is questionable for yeah, that game. Yeah, that'd be good stuff. Hey Brooks, before we get you out of here, what is your prediction? What do you think happens in this game tomorrow? I think the Titans still win. It's just that the Texans, as close as they've been the last couple of weeks, they just have found really creative ways to to lose it and i until i see otherwise i can't really see how the texans hold control in a game um i i do think we're gonna see jeff driscoll still in a rotation probably in goal line situations not as much but it will be interesting to see how davis mills continues because you know he's he's playing for his job in the offseason too so this 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 defense for the titans it's cold um it's not going to work out for passing as much for both teams. So without Damian Pierce, I think this offense probably faces its limitations and not in necessarily a good way. So um, if you think about all those factors, I think the Titans still have the upper hand. All right, that's Brooks Cabina, Houston Chronicle. The spread now three and a half, by the way. The over-under in this game is 35 and a half. Brooks, you are going to attend a true barn burner tomorrow. Safe travels, and uh, we will see you when you're back in Houston, my friend. Sounds good. Y'all take care. All right, you too. Merry Christmas. Brooks Cabina, done a great job with us here throughout the season on Sports Radio 610. Uh, text message on the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Mm-hmm. Uh, trailer Wheel and Frame. We'll be stuck with a 5'11-inch bust from Bama. <laughs> I, I love so. how polarizing the Bryce Young t- pick is going to be. I love it. It's nothing but there's going to be – it's going to be bloody, everybody. There's going to be impassioned takes on both sides. It has to happen. And only one side can win. Yes. Unless somehow we can we can blame the coach yes. or something. No, we um, don't. No, and it really is because if, if it does end up being injury, it's like that. you could have seen that coming. Kind of like with Derek Stingley. Look, look, hey, my reservation with Derek Stingley was injuries, and right now he's, he's injured. So uh, with Bryce Young, I'm still nervous about injuries, but I think the play – supersedes his physical stature, but 
If he gets injured and he doesn't play oh, because yeah. of that, then it's on me. It's all on Dude, me. Dude, and any yeah. injury he gets is going to be because he's small in the eyes of people who didn't want him. He could pull a hamstring and be like, see? Look, skinny little hamstrings. I, I will in advance actually concede that because I do think there's such a thing as cumulative trauma. Okay. When it, it ends up, even if it's a non-contact injury, if you've been, if you've been buffeted around a little bit because you're a little fella, like I, I think it takes its toll. Okay. You know? Okay. So weight classes for a reason, Sean. I can't wait to take the opposite side of you on those injury arguments with Bryce Young. That's going to be great radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you talking about, Seth? I, uh, honestly, like just from personal experience, I knew what it was like. I, I tried to play light one year at 285, and I was awesome. Like I was athletic as hell, and I was knifing through the line. But when I got hit, I got hit hard. Yeah. Like it was – I felt difference. like I was – I felt like I was a satellite orbiting Earth at times. It was – it's it just – Ten pounds makes a difference. I can't explain it. Yep. The physics don't make any sense. It just it just does. Um, if you haven't seen the viral video of the Patriots fan at the Raiders game yet, and you're in front of a Google machine, go find it before this next segment. Um, I don't say this often. Good job, Robert Kraft. We'll explain what he did next. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. It's a Miller Lite Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, here's Payne and Pender. All right, we're going to get to headlines in just a second. If you're listening and you got access to your phone and you can text us, here's here's what, uh, I won't say here's what I need, but here's what I'm leaving open for you, the listener. I've left two spots open for five reasons I hate you, Tennessee style. We do the Tennessee Titans twice a year, so I'd like to shake it up and get some different things in there. You know, we've got plenty of stuff in there about them eating roadkill and stealing our football team and other things that Seth, I'm sure, will bring up during that segment about Tennessee. Uh, Yeah, the the eating roadkill part is uh, defensible sometimes. Like, if any of you have to eat roadkill this weekend – as uh, if the grid fails or something. Then that's so true. That's a, that's a good point. I should not knock it till I try it. I might put my I might put my uh, Nutria my my deep fried Nutria uh, recipe on Instagram. Good call. Or is that more of a Pinterest thing? Both. Try them both and see what traction you get. Yeah. On them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I just I feel like you hit one button and send it off to three or four different social media platforms. What could go wrong? Um, Has anybody eaten Nutria? Dial in 713-572-4610. Tell me yeah. what it tastes like. Yep, yep, yep. Or, yeah, text this trailer wheel and frame text page if you'd like. Um, but text in uh, 713-572-4610. I've left two spots open in Five Reasons I Hate You, which we do at 823 every Friday before a Texans game. We, we amp up the vitriol for the opposing team. Before we get to headlines, this is a cool story. Um I saw this on TMZ yesterday. I had not seen this video until TMZ tweeted out the follow-up story. But if you missed it, there is a Patriots fan by the name of Jerry Edmond. And he went to the Raiders-Patriots game. We remember that game, the game that ended with Jacoby Jacoby Myers uh, throwing a ball backwards that was picked off by Chandler Jones and run into the end zone. 
for one of the most Chandler ta- Jones almost murdered Mac Jones <laughs> right? on his way to the end zone. Yeah. Face planting him to the ground or uh Derek Henry pie facing, him down. Yeah. yeah, pie facing him to the ground. Um and Chandler Jones scores the winning touchdown against his former team. One of the most catastrophic endings in the history of an NFL football game. Jerry Edmond is a Patriots fan in a Tom Brady jersey at the Raiders Patriots game in Las Vegas. And if you've seen the video, you know what it is I'm talking about. But there is a female Raiders fan, looks older, a little heavy set, that for the duration of the 45 seconds in this video, and this is right after that play to win the game, is up in Jerry Edmonds' face, the Patriot fan's face. And she is... Well, and now it's a 45-second video, but it's like spread out over a long period of time, yeah. 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 Well, it, she was she was in his face multiple times. R- right. But the the video that I'm that I'm looking at is is one particular yeah. instance right after the game because her what appears to be her boyfriend or husband in a John Matuzak jersey. She's in a Derek Carr yeah. jersey is trying to pull him away or pull her away from the Patriot fan, and she is relentless up in his face, like not like talking trash, like up in his face, pointing in his face, like way beyond what's acceptable way beyond what's acceptable for even obnoxious fan behavior. And if if it was like this in just this video, I'm sure it was like that most of the game. And he amazingly is just standing there taking it. Like he's, he's not fighting back. Like he's just standing there taking it. And well, yeah. And he's like, he's yeah. yeah. He knows the deal. He's gotta, he's just, yeah. She's a woman. Uh, He's a guy. It's yeah. And uh, his, his, his friend has got like his hand on his back, kind of like he he doesn't look happy about it, but like yeah. they're just like trying to watch the game. It's just it's bad, man. It's really it's bad. bad. It's really yeah. it's really bad. And um and this is his first game he ever he his first NFL game he's ever been to. Huge Patriots fan. He'd never been to an NFL game before, and this is the experience that he's getting at an NFL football game. And you know, because I think the the first question people have in situations like this, and it's an appropriate question, is always like, all right, well, what preceded it? For whatever it's worth. Everybody in the section seems to be yelling at the woman to shut up. Yeah. Like Patriots fans are telling her to shut up, or at least you know you hear a lot of voices basically just you know telling her to just quit it. So it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's any more justified. It doesn't seem like it's justifiable based on anything. No, um, it's not like it's not like he had been like tearing in. No, no reports that he had been tearing into her before. Or anything no, like that. no, no. And he actually tweeted because he'd seen the video go viral. Yeah. And he said, I'd like to thank everyone for all the kind words. I'm the Patriots fan in this video. My name is Jerry Edmond, and that was my first ever NFL game. I didn't want to ruin my experience by retaliating towards that woman, so I kept my cool. Um, here's the, the, the happy ending to the story, is that Robert Kraft saw this video, um, the owner of the Patriots, and um, he decided to invite Jerry Edmond to this weekend's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he was so moved by Edmond's handling of the situation, he's going to give, he, Robert Kraft, is going to give Jerry Edmond a VIP experience at this weekend's game against the Bengals. Um, he's going to get to go on the field before the game, like those pregame field passes that, that people get sometimes, uh, a customized jersey, uh, customized Patriots jersey. He was wearing a Brady jersey at the at the Raiders game in Las Vegas. Um and uh, and so it's cool. So it's you know it, it it paid off for him to handle it the way it paid off for him to handle it the way he did. Just in general, societally, it paid off that way. But also, it was cool that Robert Kraft is doing this. Good good story. He gets a Brady jersey. He has a Brady jersey. He gets a customized jersey. So probably that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like that's actually a pretty classy move too. Yeah. Uh, Kraft uh, to you know to just still be. I don't know. I, I I feel that might sound like a simple enough thing. I feel like a lot of owners would say, well, sure. Yeah. We love Tom forever, but uh, we're all about moving forward and we'll give you a Mac Jones. Art, uh, I think, we'll, we'll give you a Mac Jones jersey. Well, all it says is customized jersey. My guess is uh, my guess is it's going to oh, say Edmund it, on the back of it. His last name. Oh, I thought you said a customized Brady. jersey. No, I just okay, said he was gotcha. wearing a Brady oh, okay. jersey at the game. Yeah, he was wearing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. 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 So he's he's getting a customized jersey and a VIP experience. So cool story. Moral of the story: Good job, Bob Kraft, and uh, and I hope I hope that uh, Twitter finds this lady. And do I sound? Am I being part of the problem by saying I hope that she is found and publicly shamed for this behavior? Because uh, I I did say that on Twitter yesterday, and most people supported me in this, but I did have a few people go, "Oh, you're saying what's wrong with people, and you're saying that she should be publicly shamed for this?" And I said, "Yes, I think she should be publicly shamed. She started it." <laughs> 
Yeah, just an eye for an eye or a verbal bludgeoning for a verbal bludgeoning. That's right. That's right. That's right. And not even verbal. Just, you know, find her on Twitter and send her a few tweets telling her that uh, she needs to stop with this abhorrent behavior. That's all. Um, Mm -hmm. So good story there. Good job, Bob Kraft. All right, let's get to headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right, we're getting some good texts on reasons to hate the Titans. Keep sending them in. Spots two and four are open right now. Five reasons I hate you. Thursday night football last night. Jacksonville. Jacksonville is Jacksonville's coming. <laughs> Not just this year for the AFC South, um, but they've, they've been playing some good football lately. Um, big comeback win against the Cowboys last week, and they follow that up. This was a taking care of business win last night by the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jets have been a pesky team this year, a pesky team with really bad quarterback play. But they were seven and seven going into that game. The Jags were six and eight going into that game. The Jags just thoroughly handled the Jets like they were a bottom five team in the NFL last night. The Jets couldn't do anything offensively. The Jags did just enough offensively to win this game, move the ball when they needed yeah. to. Um, yeah, this is a solid win by the Jags, nineteen to three in New Jersey last night. I didn't. Yeah, like I guess I wouldn't. I don't think they handled the Jets because the Jet, the the Jets defense kept them in that game. So it wasn't like I walked away from that game thinking, like, wow, the Jags are uh, a force to be reckoned with. I think most people just walked away with that game with the impression that Zach Wilson is a horrible quarterback. Yeah, that's why I I categorize it as taking care of business. You know, they took care of their business. Yeah. 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 So it was um, like Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's being compared to, and I haven't looked at this statistically, although I know his QBR last night was a five out of 100. Um. People are comparing him to Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf, mm. which is I feel like that's a bit severe given given where there have been busts before, but Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell were notoriously bad, not just not just on the field, but off the field busts. And I feel like with Zach Wilson, are there untold stories or something? Because I think what most people are basing this on is him not handling the press conference well when he asked if he felt bad or um, if he let the defense down, and he said no. And that all of a sudden is being extrapolated out into, uh, like, Ryan Leaf, who is just a, an absolute disaster of a human being, as he has admitted. He's an awesome dude now, but he was a mess back then. And Jamarcus Russell had all kinds of issues. I guess it depends on how you process Zach Wilson's offseason of the rumors that with his mom's friend. You know, like, it. it like, is that, I know that's not in the same category as drug use. I'm just trying to bring, you're asking for examples yeah. of off the field. That was the off the field story with Zach Wilson this offseason. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know where that, I don't know where that puts it on the spectrum of off the field stuff. If he's just that's like the a, list. If it, is his off, is his off field activity affecting him that greatly that he's just a, a mess on the field and off and in the clubhouse in the New York Jets. I don't know. Um, but it, uh, it's just weird. I haven't heard – because I haven't heard quarterbacks compared to those two guys in a long time that I can remember. No. Unless I'm just conveniently forgetting it. It's been – it kind of caught me by surprise. when it's And it's Greenberg and it's Eisen, two of the frilliest, softest sports dudes out there. Yeah. Just – casually comparing Zach Wilson to Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, I you know, maybe maybe to the if if we just put aside the off the field stuff and just look at the numbers as far as the on the field stuff, like the Leaf and Russell were disasters, like real disasters there yeah. too. So is Zach Wilson. I would put it more in the category, Seth, of uh like a Josh Rosen, where Josh Rosen is, you know, drafted by the Cardinals. The difference with this is that the Jets are actually winning football games in spite of Zach Wilson being on their football team. The Cardinals with Josh Rosen failed so badly that they were they had the number one pick and used it the next year on Kyler Murray. But as far as the player himself, forget about the record yeah. of the team. Forget about the fact that, the, that Robert Sala has managed to scratch some wins together. I look at it more like Josh Rosen, which is like you look at it, okay, this – Whatever it is we saw in this kid, you know, with Rosen, it was he's so pro-ready and he's so smart. He may be a little obnoxious, but boy, is he smart and he can be really good. With Wilson, it was, okay, well, he drove 10 hours to go get quarterback coaching, so it shows he loves the game, but he might be kind of obnoxious and spoiled, possibly. I don't know. As it turns out, whatever the reasons are, there's a good chance Zach Wilson just can't play. Like, he's similar to Josh Rosen. Turns out he just can't play. He's been on six teams already. I think this is where, okay, I'm just going to take you on a trip down memory lane here for a moment. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, 
let's say in his rookie year he played 13 games. He had nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's not good at all. You know, um, 55% completion percentage, not good at all. Quarterback rating, 69.7. This year so far, he's been pretty similar. Six touchdowns, seven. It's like a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's got a a 72 quarterback rating. Ryan Leaf, in his rookie (laughs) year, he played in 10 games, Sean. Now, different era, but 45% completion percentage. It, it was a different era. Eli Manning had a 49% his rookie year. Two touchdowns, 15 interceptions yeah, in yeah. his rookie year. <laughs> with a quarter, Like, come on. That's, that, dude, you, can't be, you can't be casually comparing people to Ryan Lee. No. You that's can, a, that's a, that, it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, and, you're, you're right. And, it is some of it has to do with the fact that it's the Jets because when I walked in, I I got home right around halftime yesterday, mm-hmm. and I started catching up on that game without having watched any of the game at all. And if I had judged it just by memes and gifs, I would have thought that Zach Wilson had thrown like eleven interceptions in that game alone. Yeah, because nobody suffers like a Jets fan, and nobody piles on top of Jets fans like the rest of America. So I think it's the fact that he's playing for the Jets that it makes it that much more amped up. It does. I, you know, the specific to the Ryan Leaf comparison, um, I would say where that where that one might apply. And again, I don't know when the like the. The, the guys you're talking about, Greenberg and Eisen, they were talking about this, obviously, before this game last night. But I could see where the Ryan Leaf thing might pop up in, in so much as this. Zach Wilson was the number two pick in the draft. Leaf was the number two pick in the draft. Leaf yeah. was the number two pick to Peyton Manning, a generational prospect. Zach Wilson is the number two pick to Trevor Lawrence, a still perceived to possibly be generational prospect, who Zach Wilson happens to be playing against in that very game. Yeah, so this, yeah. That that one might. I'm just trying to because I'm with you on that. Like I think the Leaf thing and the Jamarcus things. Those those are over the top failures. Do I? I guess the question becomes: Do we think Zach Wilson can become anything? Like if the answer is no, then yeah, he might be in the same category as those guys. I think. I mean, he never faced a pass rush in college because he was behind a really good offensive line playing teams that weren't all that great. And I so I don't know if he's ever really had to develop actual pocket presence and uh, that's uh, the question with that is always okay is that something that can be developed over time is it just innate and like how much time do you give them that's where the shame that's the shame of somebody like Zach Wilson going number two overall is that if you're a second rounder or late first rounder or something you kind of you you ease them into it you got a bridge quarterback but now the Jets are in a position where they're ready to win right now and they're gonna have to be looking at a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Derek Carr, something like that in the offseason uh, because obviously the, the Zach Wilson thing is not going to happen anytime soon. Nope. So the, the upshot of all this is that the Jets are on a slow slide out of the playoff picture. The Jags, same record as the Jets, but the Jags obviously have a green arrow pointed up next to them right now. And both these teams, as you pointed out to Brooks Cabina, Seth, it's not just the Jags. The Jets will be watching this Texans game with um, – with great intensity as well this week, rooting for the Texans to pull off the mild upset of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Drag them uh, into the 7-8 and eight morass that they're in right now. The Dolphins have lost three in a row. The Jets and the Titans have lost four in a row. Who do we reward for their mediocrity by beating the Titans? That's the – so I guess it's the Robert Sala and the Jets. So I don't – the Jets are such a – of those three teams – the Jets are the ones that just seem completely lost. Oh, oh, and I was watching Bart Scott this morning, and this was interesting. Bart Scott, he said a couple of times, he was on, what's the, SNY up in New York yeah, there? Yep. So Bart Scott, former Jets player, um, saying that it seems like Joe Flacco has no interest in going in the game, which is a which is an odd that. thing to say, yeah. you know? So I don't... Which I don't think a former player should be saying unless he's got a really good reason to be saying it. But it's an odd thing to say for a guy about a guy that's that's actually suited up for the game and out there. So I don't know what's going on in that situation. If it, I mean that would be that would end up being a really dysfunctional thing if you got a backup quarterback that flat out doesn't want to play. But I, it was weird. It was weird to hear. Well, that's one where I mean, yeah, Bart Scott needs to be careful because he's probably perceived to have pretty good sources in the building there with the yeah, Jets. You know, yeah. like he's a former Jet. He's a very popular former Jet who's now a New York media member. 
international yeah. media member. So, yeah, he's yeah. got to be careful. Because that, I mean, that's the worst thing you can say about a player, right? Is that they, they I mean, that's like quitting. <laughs> Basically saying, I don't want to go in a game. Um, but it was kind of fun watching that uh, Strievler character play quarterback last night. I felt like we as Texan fans watching that were like, yeah, this is what it's like to have a second quarterback who can do nothing but run. He runs like a grizzly bear. Yeah. He he kind of like just Looks puts like his head bear. down and with his shoulders hunched over yeah. and he just goes left right with it. He, his his shoulders go left right as much as his legs do. Yep. And um it's it's fun to watch. He's a South Well, he went to South Dakota State. Is he from Minnesota? And he went to South Dakota. I choose to believe yeah. he is from that He looks like he's from that part of the country for sure. He looks like a lumberjack of some sort. Um you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. We continue with headlines. The Texans and the Titans play tomorrow. Um, noon kickoff here on Sports Radio 610. 9 o'clock, Texans countdown presented by Modelo. It's going to be bitter, bitter cold in Nashville tomorrow. And the Titans are going to be missing a slew of guys, including their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, including former Texans Ben Jones, the center. Um Terrence Mitchell, the cornerback, plays for the Titans. Dylan Cole, who I think, you know, Dylan Cole injuries, as we remember here, kind of an annual tradition, like Christmas. Um, we get a second look at Malik Willis. Do you think we see, um, I, you know, we don't cover the Titans, but I'm anxious to see if he's made any advancements to where they might be able to use him in the passing game, you know, twice in the second he's, half as opposed to he's once. He's the worst quarterback since Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> and Zach <is>. Wilson. <laughs> Yes. He reminds me of Zach Wilson, who reminds me of Ryan Leaf, uh, who reminds me of uh, Mike Greenberg. Finnegan McGillicuddy, mm-hmm. the 1945 Ohio State backup yep. quarterback. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that I think that the Titans just go out and plan. They might run the ball 98% of the time. I agree. I think they're just going to take it easy. Malik Willis has had a real rough go of it whenever he's tried to pass the football. The Texans have a horrendous run defense. Um, Brooks Cabina... Uh, and we politely disagreed on that this morning, I think, or at least you did on behalf of me, Sean, as I, as I held my rage in check, but the Texans don't have a good run defense. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm so confused by continually saying that their run defense has improved. They've gotten better at coming up and making some big plays in the run game. They do have, so they've gotten better at that. So I guess that means their run defense has gotten better because they've forced some turnovers with some of those big plays. They've had a safety. They've had a goal line stand. Yeah. And yet they still routinely give up 180 yards, and they're facing a team now that whose running back has run for over 200 yards four straight times in a row. Yeah. So I think that they only throw if if the Texans actually figure out how to stop the run. And they got to, but they're going to have to prove it first. Yeah, yeah. it's a banged up, uh, it's a banged up Titans team overall. Like, I mean, you look at the injury report. There's like ten guys that are out for the Titans in this game. Not just the former Texans that I was outlining, but Ben Jones is their center. They're missing their right tackle. Terrell Lewan's been out for the entire season. So, um, you know, look, if you 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 are fairly decently set up to at least have Derrick Henry not go for 200 yards against you. So let's see if we can do that. That would be. That would be an improvement. Meanwhile, on the injury report for the Texans, Seth, Nico Collins and Kenyon Green are going to miss this game. That's unfortunate because if I'm putting a power ranking together of Texans players that I want to see down the stretch here during a 1-12-1 season, those two would be among the top five or six that I really want to see some things out of down the stretch because chances are, barring them drafting a future franchise-type receiver, Nico Collins is probably your number one next year. Uh, and Kenyon Green is a guy who needs to needs to get it in gear as left guard of this the, football team. The thing that makes me nervous about Kenyon Green is that he's had multiple injuries. It's not just one big injury that he's been struggling with. He has concussion. He's got his ankle now. He had a shoulder against the Raiders. Yep. I that's the ones I can think of off the top of my head, and. That's not a good sign that that's effect, potentially affected his play or made him miss time now at least two of those three times. He had to come out of the Raiders game, but he came back. Um, that's, that's concerning because uh, offensive linemen, you know, you'd like them to be amongst your most durable of players. And then obviously the poor play and the, the really the worsening play uh, during the season was an issue. I, and I'd, as a few listeners first pointed out to me, and I'm glad they did, he was showing a lot of promise until that Raiders game when he hurt his shoulder. And since then, that's when it's been really, really rough. So it might just be that his shoulder is that big of a deal 
and that if he fixes that, and then maybe you know that you know how these physiological chains go. Sometimes one injury leads to another one. He just needs an off season to get his body in shape and to figure out some of these lessons that he's he's learned during the season. That'll be one of those ones where sometimes like like two days after the season's over, news surfaces from Mark Berman or somebody like that that so and so underwent a procedure. Like that would be yeah. that would be good news. Not for me to wish surgery on anybody, but if you are ailing from something, then surgery is a valid solution. Um, I am I'm with you. I'm kind of hoping that we find out like on the Tuesday after the season is over. Uh, Ken Young Green had a you know just an arthroscopic procedure done on his right or left shoulder, whichever shoulder it was, and then that would provide yeah. us with at least some answers. Now the, he's still doing some things though that are you know independent of a shoulder issue you know like it, it can't it's not all the shoulder because some of it can be i'm uh i'm going through memory lane with Kenyon green's rookie year mm. as i was searching up his ankles but it's all these headlines on foxsports.com um you know talking about when he he returned during the first half mm-hmm. uh against the cowboys after leaving with a shoulder injury mm-hmm. uh questionable return uh against cowboys that was earlier uh let's see jeffrey simmons throws Kenyon green into damian pierce for an insane tfl yeah Kenyon's not playing this week uh, um <laughs> that was the titans game Kenyon is among- simmons. jeffrey simmons was the guy that first i think like i think that caught the national eye of yeah. oh wow uh, Jeffrey Simmons just launched a 330-pound person into another person. Yep, yep. He used them. He used them like a medieval weapon of some sort. And then we found out that Jonathan Allen from the Commanders definitely watched that film because he did the same thing yeah. and threw <laughs> threw Kenyon Green into into Davis Mills. I think it was. I think Mills started that game. Um, all right, let's uh, let's continue with some um, with some headlines here. Um, uh, Google slash YouTube, they win. What are they winning? They are winning the right to pay the $2 billion to the NFL for each of the next seven years. $2 billion a year for seven years. Um, if you are a Sunday ticket subscriber on DirecTV and that's the only reason you're keeping your satellite dish around, well, good news. You can get rid of your satellite dish starting next season. Um, the NFL Sunday ticket will be carried on YouTube TV and YouTube primetime. No information yeah. as far as what the subscription fee is going to be or whatever, but as you pointed out, Seth, if it's going to go streaming, this is the platform to do it on. Right, and for those you know, like some people don't know what Sunday Ticket is necessarily. It's that's where you can watch any game in the NFL, except for your local one. Um, and there's always every time one of these deals comes out, it turns out sometimes there's a way you can't actually stream your local game. The they work all this out eventually, but um, I and I believe unless I misread it yesterday they are also going to have an option where you can pay for just your team like if you're a texans fan that lives in minnesota you can pay just for watching the texans there's at least talk of that that's a and for growing the game and everything like that's a that's a that's a big deal to be able to keep people in the fold they move away but they're able to still watch their texans game or their you know vikings games whoever that'll be interesting because i wonder what percentage of people that get the sunday ticket are, yep. are, are fit into that category that they live somewhere else and the only reason hey the only reason I'm paying this three hundred dollars a year and I don't know what the cost is. I haven't had Sunday ticket in years um, but I yeah, the, it's, the only, uh, it's a lot it's a few hundred bucks um, the only yeah. hey, the only reason I'm paying this is because I live in Houston and I grew up a Rams fan or whatever I wonder what percentage that is because I think my guess is that they that the subscribers probably fall into some distinct buckets there's that one that you just pointed out. Um, transient fan of Steelers that lives in LA, that kind like of thing. Like a hobo? Not a hobo necessarily, but maybe a hobo that stole an iPhone, possibly. <laughs> like whenever you're transient, I think a hobo. Hobos, drifters. <laughs> Some, you know, drifters that are big NFL fans. With bindles over their shoulder there. that ride. They're riding the rails and they want to be able to follow <laughs> the Texans. Boxcars. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that category, um, fantasy football, for sure, and gamblers. Like those are the three. Big ones. I just I'm curious if 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 there's ever been a survey done as to what I'm sure there has as to what the main thing is, um, because if they're if they're offering what you're talking about that one team kind of thing, then they're obviously doing it based off of research. The one thing that I would like to see if they do also is something that the NBA has started doing, and this really caters to the gamblers, where you can buy on a pay per view basis the last five minutes of a game. You know, you oh man, I've got. I've got the Kings plus eight and a half against the Warriors, and there's three minutes left in the game. 
and it's not much. Like you pay like three three ninety nine or you know a few bucks, and you can yeah. watch the last five minutes. I would be curious if they do that with the Sunday ticket package, or if maybe if Red Zone actually serves that purpose. You know, if you're happy, okay. I know that I, if anything happens, I know I'm going to see it on the Red Zone channel. But there's just so many yeah. ways to consume it nowadays. It's, uh, and it's awesome. uh, YouTube is just YouTube's just really good at streaming live stuff. So as opposed to, and, and it's funny that's I've I've listened to more podcasts about like the digital streaming space and sports and how it's going and, mm-hmm. and like in, in many respects, how it's not profitable for networks at all right now. Um, despite the feeling that this is where everything's going, they're still making their money off of, um, you know, traditional television. It, but the, the technology is way tougher than, than people realize. And sometimes leagues plunge into it without realizing exactly what they're getting themselves into. So I just, I'm happy as somebody that's going to be purchasing this, I'm happy to know that it's going to end up actually being a good and reliable platform and I'll be able to pause it and uh, all like all that kind of, it's always dicey with these different platforms. Are you scrapping your satellite dish now? Oh God. Yeah. 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 I won't have to worry about weather issues or anything. Plus not to mention the customer service is just the atrocious. That's what I've heard. uh, The the last 24 hours has basically been uh, eulogy would imply that people are saying good things about satellite TV. Like the last 24 hours with this news about Sunday ticket going to YouTube has been (laughs) essentially like a, not even pouring one out for the satellite, like good writ. It's been a good riddance for the last 24 hours. Yeah, like this is the, you know, we were talking the other day about how traffic is the one place that still really tests my my anger management. Um, the last time I think I really flipped out on the phone uh, was with DirecTV over, over like just being, I got into that circuit, that circuit where you keep getting sent to a different department and then they're sent, like they're sending you back and forth and you're, you're like, wait, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. That's the music playing in the background. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Dude, it's infuriating. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet? during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details old man winter here if I had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.